welcome back to the Stride Project, where we stride for lives. Today, we have Mike Sikos, a dear friend of our mothers and one of the rebels in the team and training crew. Hey guys, welcome back to our sixth podcast. Today, we have Mike Sikos, a dear friend of our mothers and one of the rebels in the team and training crew. Mike's family was introduced to TNT in the midst of their son Christopher's fight with leukemia. Christopher was only five years old when he lost his battle to leukemia. Today, we are honored to learn more about their experience during this time and the long-term effects it had on their family as a whole. Mike, thank you so much for being on our show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate this opportunity. And I appreciate the work that you're doing. And uh, it's been uh, really nice to just kind of uh, think back and relive some very fond memories uh, with mm. Super Sue. Mm. And happy to be here. Well, we just so appreciate your time. And it's been, oh my gosh, Rachel and I were trying to figure out when the last time it was that we saw each other. Mm-hmm. Has it been, what, has it been 10 years or? Were you there I, with uh, Team Super, when we built Team Super Sue? I'm, I'm pretty sure that, um, that I, I was there for, for some of those uh, events, for sure. So okay. it's probably, but it probably has been 10 years. It's, yeah, like 11, 10, 11 years. Wow. Because we did that, I think, yeah, about 10 years ago mm-hmm. almost. Time wow. flies. <laughs> well, Mike, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you these days. What have you been up to? Yeah, <laughs> working, <laughs> what's, uh, what's working new? and taking care of the family. Um, so I, um, you know, uh, so it's uh, Lisa and Michaela and I, uh, my, our daughter Michaela, which is which is kind of crazy because the the neat thing is is that Sue knew Michaela uh, at the time, and Michaela was was really young. I mean, Michaela was probably only like four years old uh, back then when I was running with Super Sue, and Michaela would tag along with her bicycle uh, oh, sometimes. Oh my gosh! And um, so, but Michaela's now 23 years old. Oh, and uh, Lisa and I both still work, and Michaela's 23, and and then she's now a nurse at Texas Children's in the bone marrow transplant unit, which still kind of blows me away. Talk about bringing things full circle. Yes, so, I can't wait to talk more about that. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, but uh, Lisa and I are both working, uh, Michaela, and and I will say this: the really cool thing is that Michaela graduated this past December with her nursing degree. Um, She's living at home for this kind of little, we've got like this little window of time where Michaela's back at home for a little bit. And we're, we're kind of really enjoying every, every second of that. I'm sure you guys, I mean, it's always hard. It's, it's like your kids leave and you're like, yes, freedom. But then they're gone <laughs> and you're like, it's so quiet around here. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it really is true. And so trust me, I, I just cherish her, her being back home here for a little while. So. Oh, I'm so glad. That's awesome. So you guys, uh, what did you do for Thanksgiving? You know, we, we just stayed here locally. Uh, we have some family in the Tomball area. We live in the woodlands. And so we were able just to stay here locally and, and hang out and have some good family time. Uh, no traveling. So how about y'all? Uh, well, Rachel didn't have to travel either. <laughs> no, uh, but we... I did have a house full of everyone. She did. Yep. Everyone decided to go to Rachel's house for Thanksgiving. Um, so my, yeah, my husband's side of the family all came up and then my, oh, obviously my sister and then my dad lives here with us in Colorado or close by now because he just got remarried. 
Um, but yeah, everyone was here. It was it was really fun. And the outside day of everyone outside of everyone getting sick, <laughs> yeah, we did it was really fun. <laughs> okay, we all yeah. got sick, but we did a special thing the day before Thanksgiving. Rachel and I and our husbands, we we never got like a real wedding because well, for Andy and I it was COVID, and for Rachel and Chris. I don't know why. You just didn't want to wait. <laughs> they just they just wanted to get married, so they they went and did it without telling anybody. So it okay. it gave us a chance to put on our wedding dresses and walk down the aisle. And when I say the aisle, we were in a forest and we renewed our <laughs> wedding vows together. Oh, that is super cool. It was very, really very fun. Nice. It was very definitely nice. a dream come true for me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was. She's been telling. She's been wanting this since before. Chris and I got married. Mm -hmm. She's like, what do you think about doing a double wedding? I was like, I'm like, no. Like, I have had to share everything in life with this person, okay? I'm <laughs> like, I'm going to have one day to myself, but not myself, but me and my husband to focus on. But it, you know, I think just the time has passed and we're both kind of like starting to move on to the next chapters of our lives, like wanting to have kids and all that stuff. So we're like, oh, I was like, well, if we don't do this now, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. We did right. it. It was great. <laughs> But, uh, for a lifetime there, for it, sure. That's exactly, true. That's true. for sure. Very true. Okay, well, enough about us. Let's mm -hmm. dig in because there's a lot we can talk about. Um, I'd love for you to share um, Christopher, who Christopher was. Um, I did mention, you know, he was only five when he lost his battle to leukemia. But I'd love for you to talk more about him um, and also his cancer journey and how you guys dealt with it during um during that time because i think you said he was battling that for about three years that's yeah, most of his life right. yeah yeah well christopher was awesome i mean he was just um a high-spirited little fella and um you know it's being our first child and you know so you, you you're going to be going through this uh soon hopefully right where yeah. you have your first child and and then that's its own set of experiences and, and your world just kind of revolves around that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, your work schedule and just, you know, you have this little person now that you've got to take care of. But Christopher was awesome and, and you know, things were going great. Um, and then at two, he was, he was diagnosed with leukemia and, you know, he just, um, well, he got a call from daycare. He was running a fever. Mm. Um, you know, so there was like no warning signs, so sure. to speak. And then um, anyway, go to the doctor and get a blood test and things just kind of went from there with the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, actually, the um, and, and I will I want to say this about Christopher um, was that he um, he never he never let things get him down, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just had a great spirit throughout his whole fight and kids are just so resilient and he, yeah. he certainly was. And so, you know, we had a lot of good times in the midst of something mm -hmm. that was not so, um, you know, pleasant to go through. So, yeah. um, and I, and I say that because, um, we, um, we were immediately were admitted to Texas children's and you start the protocol and, and we were able to get him in remission, um, for his leukemia. And so we'd go through these periods where there were clinic days, uh, but being at home and then being in remission and mm. uh, just monitoring that, but but knowing part of getting into remission was going through chemo and, right. and those kind of things. And um, 
ultimately he made it about well, I would say 15 months before he relapsed and okay. um, and once you relapse and by the way he was high risk from the very beginning mm -hmm. so there's different Levels. categories of okay. leukemia and different risk uh, categories and he was always high risk so I mean okay. the the chances of relapse were were always there there's always a real thing and you just held your breath for every blood test or mm -hmm. um, well there were spinal taps to check the spinal fluid that's where you really know if leukemia is there or not and mm. um yeah so those were anxious moments of course but yeah. um anyway when he relapsed the first time there was uh, a non-related donor um uh, oh you know what uh, i'm sorry i am getting <laughs> michaela was his first donor okay and so here, Michaela, and by the way, Lisa, my wife, was seven months pregnant with Michaela whenever Christopher was diagnosed. Oh. So you want to talk about crazy times, right? Wow, that's a lot. Like, oh. um, it was just like, how do you make it through things like this, right? You have this wonderful child that's had this horrible diagnosis. Uh, Lisa's pregnant. You're planning for a second child. and just, right. just kind of turns yeah. your world upside down. Yeah. You think back about it, you're like, how did I get Whoa. through it? <laughs> like, how did how did we get through that? And yeah. I, I mean, certainly, uh, faith plays a big part of that. Yeah. Um, having a strong family, having a strong support system of your family around you mm -hmm. certainly helped too. So, uh, Michaela, she was very young when Christopher relapsed. So, she's um, it was less than two years old, and she's his first uh, bone marrow donor. That's um, incredible, though, that yeah. she could do that for him. Um, right. Not even knowing, but like, you know, just it makes sense. Is it is it better that it's from family or does it, it matter? Is, it, that is the ideal scenario okay. that, uh, you know, being a sibling, they're the best possible match. Mm. Um, and so we, we go down that path and Christopher's in remission for like another year and then he relapsed again. And when that happened, the um, so Michaela's that transplant didn't work, so we had a non-related donor, and um, we did that, which is awesome. It speaks, you know, we highly of the bone marrow uh, transplant registry. Okay. Highly encourage people that are able to uh, mm. donate blood or to do that to be a part of the bone marrow registry, and because that gave us an additional right. almost a year with Christopher. Wow. Before he ultimately relapsed again. Right. So, uh, but you know, of course, we gave it every effort we possibly could. Absolutely. To, and then, what what happens is, is like you, unfortunately, you just the the toll of chemo and radiation and what it takes to prepare for a bone marrow transplant. There's only so much of that that the body can tolerate, and you start mm -hmm. to reach, um, essentially, like lifetime maximums of certain types of drugs before they start to have really detrimental effects on the right. body as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we weren't able to do like another bone marrow transplant. And, um, and I will say this, one of the craziest stories in, an, in the midst of, of Christopher going through this in 2000, um, in 2002, I was diagnosed with melanoma. Oh my and gosh. I know. It's crazy, You're right? Like, can we and, just get uh, a break? 
I, I know. This, is, this is the most bizarre. But by the way, you're sitting here taking care of a child with leukemia. Right. And I noted my Lisa, my wife, noticed that I had this small freckle on the left side of my face um, that she thought was getting bigger. And I'm like, it's no big deal. It's just a little freckle. Um, so and she's like, no, I, I, I think you really should go get that checked out. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, I'd never been to a dermatologist, which is good <laughs> in retrospect. So go to the dermatologist. Okay, you want to biopsy it? That's cool. Uh, then they call and say, you know, the, the, these are the dreaded things from the dermatologist. When the when the staff calls and say, can you yeah, hold for yeah. the doctor? And you're like, oh, oh no, no, this is not good. Yeah, you so, never want a phone call back. You just don't yeah, want a phone call. Yeah, <laughs> and so um, anyway, I was diagnosed with melanoma. Um, immediately get to MD Anderson as fast as I could. And the whole time, I'm thinking, this is just like a little skin thing. I'm not worried, mm -hmm. no, whatever. Got to take care of Christopher. That's the serious thing. But um, I was at MD Anderson. He's at Texas Children's, and we were doing the surgery because melanoma is serious, so you got to move pretty quickly. Yeah, you quickly. have to move quick. Mm -hmm. And he and I were literally getting um, treatment at MD Anderson on the same day. Oh. Uh, he was at MD Anderson for radiation treatment, preparing for his bone marrow transplant. I'm there getting this melanoma surgery excision mm -hmm. done. And like, they're checking me in and they're like, I see the confusion on there. They're like looking at the computer and they're like, wait, you're already checked in. I go, no, that's my son. And they're like, what? Oh, no. No. Yeah. Oh my and, gosh. What and, a day. I know. It, it's, it was absolutely nutty that something like that would actually happen. Uh, so, yeah, but were I, you good after the surgery or were there other steps? I, yes, I was good. I, I because it was so close to my uh, left eye. I, I know this is not about me, you know, but I'm just no, saying it, it was fine. Part of we what had to do the experience two, of what you guys were yeah. going through. I didn't even know this. Yeah, two surgeries. One was the excision it was about the size of a quarter. Uh, what they had to do, a very small freckle. They had to take about the size of a quarter, but then a week later they had to come back and do a skin graft. Um, so <laughs> and I'm like, I totally got this. This is no biggie. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the, the, it was like in the midst of everything that was going on with Christopher. I'm just yeah, like, no, no big this deal. Is. But in that picture I sent you of the family, Such a cute uh, if photo, you look by at the way. my left temple, you can kind of see the, okay. the, um, uh, Oh, I guess you would call it the skin graft. Uh, it was mm -hmm. still in the process of healing. They did a great job, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's great. Yeah, so we thank God. Thank we you. Get, see, we get that's all that. why you guys were given women because we yes, know these no. things. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa's super strong, um, and her mother played a big role. Um, Grandma Sheila was um, really instrumental in helping out with. Lisa with Michaela so that, you know, she could take care of both of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, you know what? I, it's kind of crazy. I, I did have a relapse, but it wasn't until 2020 that I, and, and I'm fine. Oh every, every time with my yeah, melanoma you really have situation. To watch. Once you have melanoma, you kind of have to be a lot more careful in the sun. Oh yeah. Forever. 100% forever. Um, yeah. I go to the dermatologist every six months. I, yeah. <laughs> go to MD Anderson now still once a year, but very, very vigilant about uh, checking anything yeah. and those kind of things. So, um, yeah, but that just kind of gives you an, ex an example of the kind of things that we were going through in life with yeah. Christopher 
at, during that time. So that's so much. And we're okay. So you mentioned you had grandma there. Did you guys have most of your family in the woodlands at that time? So Lisa's mom was close by. Uh, she was living in Huntsville. And then uh, Lisa's sister and her family were um, in Tomball, so relatively oh, close. Yeah, so, that is pretty you know, close. Lisa's side of the family, but we had a pretty good network of, of friends, too, and neighbors that, that helped out as well. And you mentioned in your res or your resume, <laughs> like a job. Yeah. In your resume, <laughs> in your bio, um, you mentioned that you guys joined team and training in the midst of Christopher battling leukemia. Um, yeah, talk well, more about so, that? okay, yeah, yeah. And when I mentioned neighbors as your support system, so um, when we were living in the Woodlands, um, there was an organization, um, kids, uh, I think the name was Kids for Kids, um, mm. but there, there was an organization that we first met at the hospital that um, would come to the floor on, they, it was called the HEMOC, it's for kids that are just going through normal, let's say normal, mm -hmm. if there's anything normal about childhood cancer, but I know. childhood cancers that are not in the bone marrow transplant unit, called the, the HEMOC floor. And there was an organization that the Lira family started in the woodlands and uh, Debbie Lira, she um, was familiar with, uh, team in training, and she said, there's a group, and she goes, by the way, I think some of your neighbors are doing team and training, because they, they brought up Christopher. So literally two doors, three doors down, um, it's a gentleman named Eugenio, and he was doing team and training, and we didn't know, really didn't, had not spent a lot of time with Eugenio and his family, but uh, he's doing team and training, so that's kind of how we were familiar with the group. Okay. And he was doing the fundraising and he was doing it in honor of Christopher. And mm. um, so, and, and I wasn't a runner, so not a marathon runner at that time. I mean, I was sort of a jogger, a jogger. Here and there, <laughs> yeah. but not like that. So that's, that was our first introduction to team and training was just learning that one of our neighbors was doing the fundraising and then um, as we met him and then we met some of the people that, that he ran with, uh, that's when we started becoming familiar with team and training. And um, and you, you all know Bill Dwyer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we keep okay. hearing his name. And you know, yeah, we so know he was, him. He's the coach, right? Yeah. yeah, he was the coach. He was the coach of team and training, and he had learned from Debbie about Christopher's story and kind of our family. And um, so he, he was the official coach of team and training. And so then uh, we know about this because – they would keep us posted on their training efforts and running a marathon of Christopher's name. Mm. And so um, what, after Christopher passed in December of 2003, uh, as you can imagine, it's very just emotionally draining. It's, yeah. you know, you, you have to have something. Like I mentioned before, you have your faith, you have your family, yeah. you have your work. Um, you kind of go through the motions on some of those things mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of get through. And, and I decided that, you know, like being some kind of physical activity was going to be necessary to mm -hmm. probably get me through. Yeah. And that's when I decided that maybe I'd like to 
try to run a marathon just to have something to focus on and right yeah. you know mentally freeing if you will to to do that mm -hmm. well i certainly wasn't ready to fundraise but bill was like so nice because i just i think i had met him and talked with him he's like mike you can come run with us anytime you want we have a group of people that have fundraised before but they don't fundraise every single time but they still meet together and mm -hmm. that was the rebel group and that was where your mom <laughs> was a part of and that's where i first met your mom because bill is like just come come out and run with us and yeah, uh, people know about you people. they want to yeah. you know want to support you so just you don't have to fundraise just come run with us on saturday mornings and that was my introduction to the to um the rebel group and super sue and pamo and tony <laughs> and biker deb and, oh uh, yeah <laughs> and, yep. and that whole group and that that really for the next year so for 2004 i just i would just show up and and run with them and um that was really cool it was good times i, I you know every time i go by shadow bend park you all familiar with shadow bend park i'm not i remember really. the name of it okay well that's Mom the park where the it. rebels would meet and okay. sometimes team and training would meet there sometimes they wouldn't but that's where we would get together and start our our saturday morning runs from so and and we only live a couple miles from shadow bend park oh, still nice. so always oh. think about that yeah so. that's special to have that every time i think of the woodlands i just think about mom in, in her running groups yeah. um, because she would go every saturday it was like saturday was like her time to go to the woodlands coach or do her running and that would be where rachel dad and i would stay home and clean the house <laughs> that's what we would do yeah while mom right. was out running and you know she'd always come back with like like so many bagels <laughs> oh okay yeah like yeah. so many bagels it was the like, bagel shop is the, still there yeah <laughs> oh, those were good bagels um, um but that's so cool that you guys um uh, that you got involved with team and training even afterward uh it brought Did, you um, some hope yeah and then i I, re I remember your son christopher um but i don't know if we were around before or after mm. i don't did you guys run in memory of him too yeah we did so ultimately okay. the very first marathon that i did was just i ran with the rebel group and kind of team and dream but i didn't fundraise and mm -hmm. then it was like you know after you kind of get past it a little bit because it was just like too you know just too soon too yeah. too emotional too a lot. uh to, to maybe want to do fundraising but yes ultimately uh we end up uh doing the first team and training event where i actually did the fundraising and ran my first marathon for team and training and then i honestly y'all i i didn't do my homework because i don't i've forgotten how many official team and training events i've done oh. but i did I did several and like one of my fondest memories was doing the chicago marathon as a fundraiser you know with your mom because she was there too mm. and uh, just super super cool memories of that and so i know i did houston several times the chicago marathon was 2006 i can remember that one marine corps marathon and several others and then lisa my wife uh, she ended up doing uh like the nike women's marathon for team and training mm, between wow. the half and the full uh, several of those her sister did so amongst Aww. like my wife my sister-in-law myself you know we end up doing many events in in honor of christopher and raising money for leukemia society i love that 
Yeah. That's very special. Just to keep his legacy alive and helping others, yeah. you know, yeah. going through what you guys went through and what Christopher and then, went through. One year, um, about five years ago, similar to what you did with Team Super Sue, we did uh, a Team Christopher group uh, awesome. for the Houston Marathon event. And then so we had neighbors. I don't think, I think it was a group of about, between friends and neighbors, a group of about 15 in our Team Christopher group. Okay. Uh, it was for the Houston event. And, and that was really, really nice. So we had relatives come in from New Jersey that were a part of the group. And it was just an awesome day. I love that. I've yet to do a marathon, but I've done half marathons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see well, myself ever doing a full. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> well, you you totally could do it. It's I just know, a matter of, of training. They, they call them happy halves for a reason. I know, yeah. right? Happier yeah, doing true. the half. So, Much. Mike, I've done I've done two marathons, and mm. it's like I it's so hard on your body though. Like yeah. I. I've turned to triathlons and yeah, like half Ironmans do. over other things because <laughs> it's that sweet mid distance that just really feels good. <laughs> and then right. you go, you anything you go past like 15 miles or more, like I'm it. like, I am hurting. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, so I have a lot of respect for you guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'm I'm curious. Um, so with the Stride Project, what we're trying to do with the families that are coming in that we're starting to sponsor, we do have our first family, which we're really excited about. Um, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, we want people to know that in the times that you're going through the cancer, whether it's your spouse, yourself, or your child, it's hard to ask for help. It's hard to even know what you need. Cause like you said, like it takes over your life. Like that's the focus. And, mm -hmm. um, during the time that Christopher was going battling his cancer, you guys as a family as well, and then you have Michaela, what were some of the needs that, looking back now, could have helped you guys out in that time, whether it was a, a physical need or an emotional or a mental, spiritual, because it hits you in every angle. Yeah, yeah, um, it sure does. What were some of the things um, that maybe you guys could have used? Well, I can I can tell you that I felt like we had such a really good support system. Um, one thing that was just so helpful was people willing to help with childcare for Michaela. Mm. And we felt terrible at times, but she's had the greatest personality or mindset for this. <laughs> there were times when Christopher would have to be in the hospital for a week or two, and I'm and I'm trying to keep my job, so I'm yeah. I'm trying to work and keep my job, keep insurance, all yeah. that. Lisa really stepped away from her job so she could be at the hospital, but it wasn't always, uh, Michaela couldn't always be at the hospital, so we had childcare. The neighbors and family members who were willing to take Michaela for the day or take her uh, for a night or two if, if need be. And, right. and she, like, we felt bad sometimes. We'd be like, <laughs> We would rush to somebody's house and drop the car seat and here's her overnight bag and okay, Michaela, you're great. Okay, yeah. see you. We got to go. And she's so young and she was, she was resilient too. Mm -hmm. But but having that childcare support um, was awesome because I mean, you know, neighbors and friends are not, not going to charge you for it, right? They're right. going to just help you take care of it. So, have, you know, but I think my sister-in-law and mother-in-law kind of helped 
organize that, so to speak. Mm, okay. And uh, even like my mother-in-law, we had, she was with the same company for a long time, so she had coworkers that were uh, friends, family friends that we had met. So it wasn't just, it was like, it went beyond like neighbors and immediate family. It was even right. like family friends. Friends of friends, that would, yeah. Yeah, that would step up and help. So if, if, if a family's in a situation where they have young kids, that, mm. that was huge. It was really mm. huge. Child care um, and, and having someone kind of um, organize that for you because you guys, I mean, that, that must have been hard on, on, like you said, it was hard. You know, you, you just drop her off and say, see ya. But, yes. but someone came in and probably was like, hey, you guys need help. Uh-huh, right. This, let's try it this way. Um, uh-huh. So it's nice that you guys had such a, a great support system and team out there for you guys. Right. And I will say this. Um, one of the other things that comes into play when you're at, undergoing uh, cancer treatments or going through that, medical centers, whether it's Houston or probably other places too, the, the parking is, is, is crazy um, mm. expensive. But yeah. uh, Leukemia Society, they, they had a reimbursement program, and I know it's specific to leukemia patients, but mm-hmm. I will say from a, from a financial standpoint, that was really nice, uh, that it was one less thing, financially speaking, yeah. that you didn't have to worry about, especially you you're, were going from like two incomes to one and yeah. just having to try to make things work. And uh, parking in a medical center, uh, for those extended stays or even for the days that that was a really nice thing that the leukemia society did yeah um, it, it's it's good you mentioned that because we just did a podcast with our sponsored family and they said that's one of the biggest things that would be helpful is just the parking, parking to fee. pay yeah just some help with financially with the parking right um right you're there so much and then sometimes you're there for a few hours and sometimes you end up being there for the whole day um, so that's good to know. That's part of what we're trying to help with, um, at least the sponsored family. That was part of their needs list was uh-huh. the parking. That That is a real, real deal. It sure is. So in the midst of things that happen that are, that are bad, uh, one of the other things that an organization that we became familiar with on the bone marrow transplant unit specifically, and one of the really cool things that they do is that they, because the bone marrow transplant unit is kind of another level of being isolated uh, because the immune system of the kids in the bone marrow transplant situation is more compromised even than in a chemo only situation. And so families may not be able to go out. I mean, they get in the unit they have to stay or limit access, but sense, they yeah. they would do grocery shopping for the families. Got it, um, yep. So so like uh, you know, there's only so much hospital food you can probably tolerate yeah, as a family. I'm sure. <laughs> and, and and so with the with the parents having to be there, they would um, this organization. This was really helpful too. They would come to the room and say, "We're going to go buy groceries, or we're going to go buy." Uh, toiletries, mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature. We're going to go get it. We'll bring them to you. Tell us what you want. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really nice service too. I love that. Um, by the way, the the organization that I'm referencing, just in case you ever wanted to yeah. look them up and what they do, because they really, they only 
cater or they only take care of the bone marrow transplant unit at Texas Children's. It's His Grace Foundation. Oh, okay. So His Grace Foundation. They've really grown over the years and we still sure. support them. They, they were that. so, oh, and here's one of the other things that they would do is they, like the, the groceries, they, over time, they kind of got a feel for these kids are going to need these things. These are the most for uh, these are the things the parents always ask for. They would have like these um, baskets made up and you would get admitted to the bone marrow transplant unit and they would come with the, like a basket. It would have these most commonly requested things. And it was just, hey, we know this is going to be a tough thing. You're going to be here for a while. These could really help make your stay a little bit easier. And they kind of started it with that. And then they would do like a weekly food or toiletries or just personal things that the family yeah. might need for your day-to-day. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we they, we still support them because um, we, we, they did such a wonderful job and we still support them and participate in kind of their annual fundraisers and things like that. So. Oh, I love that. No, that's great. That's good to know. I'm going to look them up. So yeah, that's really great to have. The other thing, just in the big scope, because we were we were here, depending on what kind of families you're looking to help and take care of, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes families would travel in from out of state or yeah. far away uh, to come to Texas Children's. And this is a specific thing that like His Grace would do. They would help with lodging um in the medical center vicinity if they were going to be there for an extended amount of time so uh, that wasn't applicable to us just because we we could go home right but i know that was something that was very meaningful and helpful to those other families on the floor that makes a lot of sense yeah so well good i wrote that i'm writing notes down this is good stuff (laughs) okay Okay. (laughs) it's like it is an interview no (laughs) yeah um, well, well, real quick, I just wanted to um, go back to uh, Michaela. Uh, you mentioned she's now working at Texas Children's Hospital, and she's a nurse in the bone marrow transplant unit at TCH. I, Rachel and I were just like, Lord, we're like, how cool is that? Like, even though you guys went through hell, um, she, this is, it's like her, it was like, a, it's like her mission to keep Christopher right. alive by helping others that went through what he went through. I, I love, I love that she, uh, yeah. What, so what compelled that. her to go in that direction? Was it because of kind of what happened in her childhood and, and the loss of her brother and like what kind of made her want to go in that route? Yeah. Well, Michaela, um, she's a very caring person and, um, I think she's she's very kind of nurturing, and you know when she was growing up, it's like, oh, Michaela, what do you want to do? And she's trying to figure that out. And I think it really in high school she decided she wanted to go into nursing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I I know there's no way that her brother's experience, although in some ways she was probably even too young to fully comprehend it, right? But we've we've always talked about Christopher and yeah. just shared stories and um things like that. So I'm I'm sure that it had something to do with it. But um yeah. she's just kind of a nurturing mindset type of person. 
and she, I think she's got the a great mentality for it. Mm. And so she decided she wants to do nursing. Well, one of the I think one of the great things she did while well, she was um, she went to Texas A&M and she gets into nursing school. And while she's at Texas A&M, she she takes a job as a nurse tech at a local hospital there in College Station. And in that, she's a nurse tech, so they're doing the they're doing the grunt work, right? Mm -hmm. They're doing they're doing the less desirable jobs in nursing and sure. uh, and and but the great thing was she was exposed to all levels of patients there, uh, not cancer patients, but mm -hmm. just uh, children, adults, uh, elderly, young. I mean, she was she was. Um, exposed to all that because just whatever floor she got assigned to that day, she would go do her thing and mm -hmm. in addition to her nursing. And she figured out she wanted to work with kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she, I think she always thought she wanted to. Mm -hmm. And that job cemented it. Uh, she did wow. not, you know, she just, she just wanted, she realized that kids is where she wanted to be. It takes a really strong person to be a nurse, uh, but especially like with children. Like good right. for her. It takes a very special person. Not not everyone can do it because it takes a lot of compassion, a lot of patience. I just I love that she um that she's doing what she's doing because yeah. we need we um, need people like that. Right, we really do. And so so she she's um, comes time for her to to start interviewing for jobs. And so she's interviewing and she's she really wanted to work with Texas Children's. That was like her dream job and, mm -hmm. and not not necessarily on the bone marrow transplant unit, but at Texas Children's in some capacity. So she gets the interview. I mean, she has a pretty awesome story to tell. Right? Yeah, she does. Um, so yeah. why do you want to work here? <laughs> and and um, so she gets offered the job. The first like the, at Texas Children's, they offer her bone marrow transplant unit and she's excited and we're mm. and mom and I are like she told us and it's like wow. in in a way it's like our heart sunk because yeah. like it it's like a um a flood of emotions and memories come back because you know it it's it's a really tough situation um because these are yeah. children that are very compromised that have the most serious forms of childhood cancer that and they don't all make it yeah and, um, yeah it's like you know do you really want to uh, mm. to be in that environment and we're like time out you know yeah we're like look we know you're excited about you probably don't even realize what you're getting yourself into so we actually this is where <laughs> parents step in <laughs> and say parents step in and say <laughs> We know more than you. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to rethink this. And mm -hmm. we said, look, before you accept that job, you have to tell them that I need to go uh, observe. I need to go shadow. I need yeah. to be on the floor, be on the unit. Because this is the thing. It's the same. It's exactly the same it was when Christopher was there. Yeah. And um, it's not like Lisa and I are going to be there, right? But yeah. It's exactly the same, even some of the same doctors, even some of the same nurses. Right. And so we had her go shadow and we're like, we're, we would never stop you from doing this, but we feel like check into you need it to first. know what you're getting into. Yeah. And just from an emotional standpoint um, of 
kids are so easy to get attached to, oh, you know? Yeah. And so she did that. A couple of weeks later, she decides I can do this and she accepts the job. And, and I think one of the nice things is, is that like I mentioned, there are nurses there that took care of Christopher and they're still there and they wow. know it's an emotionally taxing job, but they have a really good support system there. And um, so she started in February and she's doing great. She loves it. I'm so glad. And so we, we couldn't be happier for her. So, and trust me, I, wow. I'll tell you, she has had some of those days. Oh, she's going to, she's, she's absolutely going to have those days. Yeah, there's no yeah. way around that for sure. But wow, that really did come full circle for your yeah, family. Yeah, no, it really just... has. And so I believe, you know, that's where she needs to be. It's yeah. where she can make the most impact. Sounds that uh, way. Kind of, kind of warms really my sounds... heart. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say it sounds like it was God's calling for her life and and over all your, you know, everything that you guys have been through. He's had his hand on you guys this whole time. Mm -hmm. it, it really does warm my heart when she comes home and comes home and tells us something. Just tell us, uh, you know, like at a high level, a family thanked me today, thanked me for taking good care of them. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just, uh, you know, just being compassionate. And yeah, that, that's when you know she made the right decision. She's exactly where she needs to be. And uh, we're really thankful for that. Love that. Well, is there anything that, as we start kind of wrapping this up, is there anything else that comes to mind that would have been helpful for you guys as a family during the the time of Christopher battling his cancer or even afterwards? Because I know for Rachel and I, because, it, you know, with mom, it was so short, right? Five months. Mm -hmm. um, we really battled after the loss. And yeah. that's when we felt very lost and um we just had a bunch of different everything from health issues to just my dad and his, his physical appearance like he wasn't taking care of himself um mm -hmm. is there anything else that could have been helpful for you guys after christopher was gone well you know um i think i think that you know, it's wild but i think that we kind of found something that really did help. And I, I and honestly, I think that in the big scheme of things for, for us, that it was having a support system. And, mm -hmm. and I really believe that like team and training um, was one of those things. I think the key is just finding that, um, finding that yeah. you know, that type of support system. Um, there, and it's also wild in your childhood um situation when you're at a hospital there's other children there yeah childhood cancer is still i think i guess relatively rare so to speak so from a childhood perspective a grief like a grief group or something uh counseling mm. um we didn't necessarily find a group like that okay in the traditional sense but certainly that that Maybe it's one thing that could have been helpful. Absolutely. And we just didn't happen to yeah. find that, but I think between family and things like team and training, you guys are able uh, to talk about. We were able to. We were able to to mm -hmm. get through it. Yeah. yeah. That's but, important though to be able to talk about it, and I know that we all um, we experience grief different and, mm -hmm. or loss different. Like Rachel and I, you know, like we Rachel had a hard time talking about it. 
um, or sharing, and I didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it still takes a, a toll on you at some point because talking about where you're at so you can process it. So you can mm-hmm. at some point accept it doesn't mean you have to be happy with be the end result, but yeah. to be able to actually accept it so that you can move forward. Um, that's so important. And you need people to yeah, talk really to. Yeah, you do have to kind of come to terms with it. And, and the thing about, for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, luckily uh, as a family, you know, we, we were like, we're going to talk about Christopher and we're going to remember the good times and yeah. we're not certainly not going to try to shut it out. Mm-hmm. That was good to be mm-hmm. able to do that at home. And I, somehow we, we arrived that we knew that would be a good thing to do. But uh, like um, the tough part would be like, you're, you're, you're trying to go back to work and there's mm-hmm. things you share with work people and, and then things you keep with your family. Yeah. And there would be times at work mm-hmm. where it'd be just like, Oh boy, I don't, you know, there's like a, a moment coming on here and yeah. I just need to excuse myself. You know? yeah. And it's the craziest yeah. things. And maybe you all experience this too, you know, whether yeah. it's a song or yeah. something you see uh, that will make you think of your mother and you're just like, yeah, Ooh. yeah, it hits like, you. Hit even, even 12 years, 13 years later, yeah. there's still those moments. And sometimes they're, they happen more often. I don't know about you, Rachel, but like, for me, it's like a, I, I think about her every day, and then sometimes I just get really sad, like choked up, and I shake it off. And then sometimes I just think about her and I laugh, or I, yeah. you know, it's just, but it's a daily thing still to this day. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been so nice. Yeah, it's it's been really really um, good. I um, it's been nice talking with y'all and. I'd love to stay in touch, and, and I want to say that I really appreciate what you're doing, um, starting this movement and your organization to help those that really need it. Thank and you. if there is something that I can further do to help, then please let me know. Just tell everybody. Okay. <laughs> right. Share Spread the, the information. Spread the word. Okay. Yeah, that's, okay. that's, that's really what's going to help us at this point because we are super fresh so new, yeah. Uh, we just, just, yeah, just, just getting spread. the word out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where we're starting. Um, yeah. Enough. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Rachel, do you want to um, real quick just remind everybody about the challenge we have coming up in January? We do. Yeah. Well, as I, I'm, I'm maybe you know Mike, but we do have the the fundraiser that we're doing. Um, it does uh, launch January first, and it's for the entire month. It's a fitness challenge of 30 minutes of movement. And we're encouraging people to kind of cut back on sugars and alcohol. Just, you know, it's optional because, you know, people get weird. (laughs) You say no alcohol, no sugar. And turned off. But But. the the real motivation is to just move for 30 minutes. That's the challenge every day. Um, So just sign up for 31 days. And um, you can sign, you can go to thestrideproject.org and you can sign up there. It'll take you to our pledge it site. It's really easy. You can either donate or just sign up and be a part of it and get other people to help sponsor you for, for this family that we're fundraising for. Um, and that's really it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. 
Well, it's very timely. But, you know? uh, get, really get the, the new 2024 year. started off. Yeah, right. you know, like, I, I mean, my, my phone's already blowing up with people submitting on my, my training site because they're like, I want to get in shape. And it's just like I've gotten so, so many people in. And I'm like, this happens every year at the end of the year. People are like, okay, I'm ready to start. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so, right. well, you know. Well, that's all you can do is just kickstart it, see what happens, and exactly. hopefully people can get excited. And then also want to continue to stay with us for yeah. our other challenges. We're going to have all we'll kinds have of other challenges. fun okay. things coming up. And yeah, we do want to do March 1st, a virtual for mom's birthday, because mom's birthday was March 1st. We do okay. want to do something in honor of her. Like a race. Um, either, yeah, like a 5K, 10K, half, or full marathon. Your choice, your pick, whatever level you're at. So that would be fun if you could join in on that one, Mike. With yeah. Us. Are you still well, running or jogging these days? Sounds right <laughs> up my alley. Uh, no, you know what? I'm, I'm still I'm still running. Um, I did uh, the most recent event I did was, was Houston. Uh, well, I did the 10 for Texas. You all may remember that one. And oh, it was 10 miles, 10 for Texas. I did do. That. I did that, did that one with mom. Yeah, you did I that, did that with mom. And I got first place in my age division. Sweet. Your very Amazing. first race ever. Yeah. <laughs> she was dragging so, me through the finish line, though. I'll tell you that. You know she <laughs> was. She was. You know well, my and, arm almost got ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good times yeah so I, i'm still at it i'm still at it so good. something in march in honor of sue sounds like a really good idea oh fun okay i love that that um, would be wonderful i thought you would like that <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely well mike we'll stay in touch for sure thank you again so much for just just sharing really christopher's your story and, and your story yeah. and yeah. families we're glad everyone's doing well well, thanks, yeah, thanks, and, very, and very really, I know that. your mother would be so proud of you both for what you're doing. Keep up the good work, and uh, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to stay tuned for the next podcast. You can find out more at thestrideproject.org.